Hi, welcome to the Mastermind Project podcast. My name is Brian McRae. I'm the founder of the Mastermind Project. And this podcast is intended to help you grow as a leader, to grow in productivity, and also to grow in relationships. Those are the three topics that we will always talk about here at the Mastermind Project. Chances are you're a small business owner or maybe a commissioned sales professional and you're looking to grow. And we know that growth doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. So once a month, we host an event designed to help givers grow. And so that's what we're here for. And this podcast is taken from a general session of a portion of our live event. So if you're comfortable, please join us. Feel free to join us. And you can go to www.brianckmcrae.com. And you can register for our next event, which is the third Thursday of the month. So sit back and enjoy the shared learning experience here of the Mastermind Project. All right. Well, how many of you are here for the first time? How many of you are already overwhelmed with what you've heard? Okay, good. All right. It, um, so we have a saying around here, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, growth doesn't happen without being uncomfortable. And if you're in the room, chances are you're a small business owner, commissioned sales professional. And so I just want to make sure you understand you're in the right place. You've heard a lot of things. But if you've got a pen and a piece of paper, here's what I want you to do. I want to give you three circles. Okay? Just write down three circles. And if you're a Venn diagram person, you can kind of put them all together if you know what a Venn diagram, but you can just put three circles down, whatever you want to do. It's your, it's your piece of paper. In the first circle, what I want you to do is I want you to write personal development. In the second circle, I want you to write down productivity. And in the third circle, I want you to write down referrals. A referral. Now, the reason I'm having you write that down is because if you are going to be attracted to this event, it's because you have a desire to grow personally through personal development by reading books or uh, listening to podcasts because um, we know that growth doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. So personal development is a key. I've never met a successful individual where professional development preceded personal development. It's always the inverse. We have to go per grow personally before we can grow professionally. So, so it's always around personal development will be a topic that we'll talk about here. The other one is productivity. Don just talked about the 12-week year, the, five, the elements of momentum. We'll try to give you, we'll talk about some concepts around a productivity system. And the third thing we'll talk about is a referral system. Because most, most sales professionals want more referrals, but they don't have a system to do it. Matter of fact, 83%, uh, according to John Jantz, who wrote a book called The Referral Engine, um, he basically said, he did a study, 83% of sales professionals want more referrals, but they don't have a system. So we're trying to bring all this together. And so over 12 years, we've curated, it's a great word, I love that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna borrow that one today, Don. But we've curated this information and we try to condense it in a once a month event. You can go listen to the podcast. Um, we've talked about Jumpstart today. That's really where it's all put, been put into play. So you get a chance if you're interested and you'd be like some of the other individuals that have taken that. But the point is, and by the way, that might not be in the, in the cards for you. Keep coming back, third Thursday of the month. That's what the purpose of this event is for. We want you to meet somebody or connect with somebody or hear something that, you can, that will make a positive difference in your life. So if you're here for the first time, we're glad you're here. Okay, today what we're going to do is we're going to dive in a little bit about, um, there's our topic, the multidimensional power of trusted advisors. So part of what I'm going to share with each of you today is some of the things that have been implemented. Now, by the way, this is going to be, Jumpstart kind of gives us a baseline of all the things we're talking about. So when you hear that about 321 Journal, you hear about the connection offense, there's a little glossary on your table that you guys can take a look at. There's some terms in there that, you, that may not resonate with you. You can go there and see that. But what we're trying to do is give you a system or a process for growing your business through referrals. So if you're hearing something, there's a glossary on the table that might help you. But um, as we talk about trusted advisors, by the way, what is a trusted advisor to you? What's, what, does it, what does that mean to you? The power of trusted, yes, Joe. Someone who I trust that knows a lot more about a specific topic that I need to know more about. There you go. Someone who knows a lot more about a specific topic that I, than I do or that I need to know about. It's a pretty good summary. Yeah, that's what a trusted advisor is. So guys, what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about those today and we're gonna get into it. And, but the first thing I wanna do is everything that we talk about around here 
is there's kind of a philosophy that we have. We believe, around, if you're sti sticking around this event, we believe you can build uh, a business around gratitude, curiosity, and generosity. And today we're gonna dive into the generosity side of it quite a bit, because that's where the power of trusted advisors and how they can be a gift to your clients, to your network, how you can be a gift to them. But we're gonna talk about, about being, about generosity, and specifically about giving, because we know giving leads to success. And there's a book, and I'm gonna talk about, there's, some of you may have seen this before. We cover, this is actually uh, one of the little segments uh, in, in Jumpstart, but I'm gonna cover this with you. There's this, something called the success ladder. Um, there's a book, uh, anybody heard of Adam Grant, best-selling author? Yeah, Adam wrote a book called Give and Take. And in it, he talked about the different reciprocity styles. Now, I want you to just, I'm gonna, for those of you here for the first time, there's reciprocity styles, and what does reciprocity mean? What's reciprocity mean? Give, you give and you give receive. So reciprocity is just simply when something, somebody does something for you, do you do something in return? So there's different reciprocity styles. And he said there was basically three different types of reciprocity styles. There were givers, there were takers, and there were matchers. Does that make sense? I see Jack shaking his head. It's a pretty common sense. And was it Karen? Yeah. So the, um, the reciprocity style, when you walk into a room, let's keep it in a business context, which by the way, everybody has different reciprocity styles in different areas of their life. But we're gonna stay on the business side here for a second, um, or for the application here today. But as a giver, a giver shows up in a room and they're, they're, they will give without the expectation of anything in return. By the way, how many of you have met a giver already today? Raise your hand. <laughs> Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of hands that go up. This is a room full of givers. This attracts givers. So then there's the matchers. And the matchers, matchers are the individuals who are going to get, if they give one unit of value, they expect one unit of value back, whatever that is. If you recommend a book, they expect you to recommend a book back. If you give them a referral, they expect a referral back. Okay? And then there are takers. What do you think takers do? Take. They walk into a room like this and they look around and say, how much business can I get and give as little as possible? Givers walk into this room and say, how can I serve? How can I help? What can I do? And they're putting others first. They're, so concept makes sense? All right, so there's the three, three reciprocity styles. Now the interesting part is Adam in this study, um, and if you haven't read the book, this, this book is probably about 10, 12 years old now. Um, but he wrote this book, and um, he did, he's a social scientist, youngest tenured professor at the uh, business, uh, the Wharton School of Business. So a pretty prestigious school. So in it, he, he uh, did a study on the success ladder. He wanted to know where these reciprocity styles showed up in business. And he took a look at, uh, he did a study on medical students. He did a study on engineers and sales professionals. Okay? So this wasn't just a sales-based thing, but these were all business-based um, it was a business-based study. In that study, what he found is that each one of those different reciprocity styles clearly varied in their level of success. Does anybody, and there, there was really, so of the three reciprocity styles, some of you know, already know the answer. If you know the answer, let's just play it out here for a second. Which, which reciprocity style do you think ended up at the bottom of the success ladder, had the least amount of success? Givers, takers, or matchers? Takers. takers. So how many say takers? How many say matchers? How many say givers? All right, come on, folks. All right, well, then this is new information. All right. It's going to be interesting. All right. So if you said givers, givers end up at the bottom of the success ladder. As a matter of fact, they were 14% less successful in sales, uh, more prone to being uh, physically attacked. Um, there was a whole bunch of studies. Um, in terms of how they were at the bottom of the success ladder. Now, by the way, we've been talking about being generous. We've been talking about being a giver. So why would we continue to talk about this? Well, let's keep going. The next one was takers. Takers were the next most successful, and then there were matchers. But the interesting part was that there's actually a fourth category that he found in terms of reciprocity styles. Okay. So now I've really got you confused, don't I? You're like, Brian, you talk about giving, they're at the bottom of the success ladder. Well, the interesting part is they also ended up at the top of the success ladder. So how many of you, when you show up at an event like this and you wanna be a giver and you feel like you're giving, 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 but you're just burning out? That's the difference between the top and the bottom. 
and you can be a successful giver. And I'm going to kind of give you some of the traits that Adam outlined in his book that we are going to talk about today. We're going to get knee deep into three of the four and we'll touch upon, we'll touch upon all four. But there were four distinguishable traits. And the first one is they had an idea of where they were going. They knew where they were going. Now, by the way, those fall into jumpstart. They're about vision and they're about planning. Two of the five elements of momentum that we talk about in jumpstart. But successful givers had an idea of where they were going. Why? Because it gave them a filter of how to help and who to help. Okay, so that was the first one. They utilize connections. You know, we've all heard the story, or heard the saying, our network is our net worth. What we're gonna talk about today is how to build a powerful network of trusted advisors. And I'll try to give you some secrets, and oh, guys, I don't, I don't have all this figured out. But a little background, I've been in the mortgage industry for 20 years, I was named a top 1% mortgage professional, and I didn't spend any money on advertising. Now, I'm just trying to share with you what I've learned, not because it's the only answer, it's just an answer. So trying to share with you in a selfless way, please take what you're learning today or what I've learned or what, we, what has been in the experience of what you're seeing from me or the other people in the room and apply it. But I'm just telling you, the power of connections makes all the difference. Okay? So successful givers, they utilize. They don't just have connections, they utilize them. They're always making connections for other people. And they've learned how to add value at a low personal cost. And much of that has to do with their connections. What do I mean by low personal cost? You know, anybody, are, uh, anybody have a printer at home? Anybody have a problem with that printer at home? Okay. It's good to know somebody that can help you with the printer, you know. My wife calls me all the time. I'm like, finally, I'm like, I, need to, I went and I got the directions from, from a pro, and I said, can you help me understand how this? And I get, sent my wife the directions. That helped? It did, absolutely <laughs> helped. You know, or if you ever thought about it, you know, it's the same thing. They, you utilize connections. So we want to do that, um, and we want to be able to add value to low personal cost. Because when somebody calls you and says, I need help, as a giver, what's our inclination? We want, to be the, we want to be the one. We don't have to be the hero. Sometimes we can make a connection. I know a guy. I know a guy, exactly. So they add value to low personal cost, and, it's just, and that is understanding ways that you can do that, and we're going to talk about that today. All right, and then they ask quality questions. You know, it's once been said, having, having, a, having a great answer is awesome, but having a great question is genius. So asking great questions will get you really far. So we're going to talk about all of those things. We're going to hopefully put some quality questions in front of you today that will help you make some connections to trusted advisors and also connect your clients to trusted advisors. All in the intent, as we go through this, is to really do a couple of things for you. Number one, we want to unlock some hidden and overlooked opportunities to add value to your clients' lives. So many of you have clients. Um, and what we're going to talk about today is, is a way to add more value to your clients. There was a study done in an industry. The industry really doesn't matter because it probably goes across all different sorts of industries. But there was a study done, and it's, um, it said uh, the, the most recent professional that you used, are you, would you definitely use them, probably use them, maybe use them, wouldn't use them? And that's a series of questions. 89% of the people in this, 89% of the, the customers in this industry said they would definitely or probably use the professional that they recently used for a product or service. Again, the industry doesn't really matter. Anybody want to take a stab and say what the, uh, what percentage, then they asked them another question. Did you actually use them? Anybody want to know what the difference was? What do you, what do you think percentage actually used the same profession that they answered that they either definitely would or probably would. So they came back to him a couple years later and asked him and said, anybody want to take a stab at what the, so 89% said, said they would. 30. 40. You can keep guessing. It's a, there's a, it's 100%, so you got a, you've got 100 different answers. It was 15%. 15%. Now that's for this profession. What do you think the reason was? Follow-up systems. 
So what I'm going to try to do here today is to tell you a way to help you embed yourself. You know, guys, in a referral-based business, it's always got to follow up. You got to stay in touch. You absolutely need to do that. But we're going to unlock and share with you some of the ways and overlooked opportunities to embed yourself, you, in your customers' minds. Okay? All right. How to make your client feel enlightened, protected, and increase the probability of repeat business and referrals. We're going to talk about that. And then three questions that identified champions to help you build your business. What do I mean by that? Champions to help you build your business. People that will refer you. People that will refer you. Talk about you in a room full of other people. Then talk to you. Exactly. Bob's got it. So we're going to try to help you. By the way, does it sound like a good agenda? Yeah. Yes. All right. So, and then we got last one. Become known as a, a successful giver. We want, we, if you're in this room, we don't want you to be at the bottom of the success ladder. Which, by the way, if you're a matcher or you're a taker, you probably don't continue to show up here. You just don't. It's okay. You can be successful in business. You're going to be more successful than the guy at the bottom of the success ladder, the giver. But if you are going to stay here, we want you to be at the top of the success ladder. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about this for a second. But as we, one of the things, one of the hidden and overlooked opportunities, how many of you have had a client in the last 30 days? Raise your hand. Raise them high if you've had a client. Yay. All right. We've got some momentum already. All right. How many of you have a defined onboarding process or a client process that you take somebody through? Keep your hand up. Okay. I, I, see, I, <laughs> I see the, so if your hand's going up kind of like this, here's what I want you to do. We want, uh, we're going to talk about your onboarding process today. Now, actually, let me rephrase. I'm going to share ours on our team and what we've done, what I've done on the, uh, as, a, as a mortgage professional but it has translated because one of the things I love doing is coaching and training other professionals how to do it, and it's worked across multiple industries. But it's having a defined onboarding process for your clients. Now, it sounds, first of all, if you have a, on, a, a defined onboarding system, a process, whatever it is, what does it look like for you? Why did you put one in place? Denise is shaking your head, go ahead. It's security, it makes the client feel safe and cared for. Yes, all those security makes the client feel cared for. So what, uh, what industry are you in? In private duty home care. Private duty home care. So in private duty home care, would you want your, the person that you are working with to have a defined process that creates security and certainty for, your, for your, the individual that's gonna get their in, 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 in home health care? Correct. Perfect. Sorry, that was on the fly. So. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay, but what we're going to do is um, define the process, and here's ours. You, you've got to have a way to explain your process to your client. Be able to explain what the process looks like to utilize your, your product or service. For us, now by the way, this is exactly what we do. Um, number one, we have clients open a file. Uh, now, I'm, this is, I'm going to be careful here because we try not to talk, but I'm just going to pull the curtain back. On the McCray Mortgage Team, here's what we do. By the way, feel free to take it. But we've got four simple steps to help our clients get the mortgage they deserve. Number one, they open a file. Number two, they schedule a consultation. And number three, we develop a strategic plan. And number four, if you decide to hire us, we're gonna execute that plan with you, okay? Now, I just put all that together for you just to give you an overview. But where we're really gonna focus here today is we're gonna talk about the consultation. Because when you define a process, here's what I do know. Now, by the way, if you're not in mortgage, you're not in real estate, um, which are where there's a lot of the audience is, but there's other industries in here, but what I do know in mortgage and real estate, what I know is when a client needs you, what's the, what, what do we typically do? Two words usually come to mind when a client says, I need help. What do you do? Drop everything. Who said it? Exactly. By the way, I'm not knocking it. it. It is a way to do business. And I did business that way. When I got in the business, I had a little beeper. And it said, you know, leave your name and a number and I'll call you back in the next 15 minutes. I knew what it meant. I was hungry to get business. But at the same time, as you start to build your name, so some of you might be in the drop everything phase. I'm not knocking it. What we want to try to do is help elevate because what we know, if you want to win at work and at home, being able to schedule, being able to control your time. So what I'm going to try to do is help you understand how to flip the table here. And because I had, how many of you remember me talking about David Fryman? David Fryman's an estate planning attorney that I talked about with the Triangle of Trust a couple months ago. I sat down with David and he literally as an estate planning attorney, walked me through a process and I felt like I had just been through a, a theatrical performance. He asked me questions and by the time we got done, he just took me through a journey and by the time we got done, I'm like, you're an estate planning attorney, you're supposed to help me put a trust together. He's like, yeah, I did. See all those pictures? 
He says, I'm going to hit print. Somebody's going to put your trust together based off the questions that I asked you. I said, you're kidding me. He had an onboarding process that was unbelievable. And here I am, 15 years later, talking about David Fryman, who has since retired, by the way, and turned his practice over. But David simply walked clients through a process that was repeatable. And what he did and what I learned from him, I'm going to share some of those things with you today in just one of the areas. But um, we're going to talk about the consultation. And there's a key component here that I learned from David and other people that I've studied. When you're going through a client consultation, this is the opportunity to unlock. There are hidden opportunities inside of your client consultation. And we're going to talk about those. How many of you already know what your hidden opportunities are? Anybody know what their hidden opportunities are during a client consultation? What do you think it is, Denise? I see you shaking your head. I have lots of services that I offer when I get to know the, what they're looking for and what they like and their desires. What do you, what do you mean by des, what services that you have to offer? Is it things that you offer specifically with your company? Yes. Okay, good. So you've got some things that you need to unlock through asking some questions on your consultation. What else? Who can you refer them to? Make their life easier. Exactly. I love it. So that's what we're going to talk about today because I want you to take a look at this. If you want more referrals, because I want you to just ask yourself, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, how many referrals have you given in the last 30 days? You want more referrals. You want to be known as a giver. We know givers succeed, but how many referrals have you given? So today what we're going to talk about is just literally trying to figure out a way if you want to be known as a giver, you want to end up at the top of the success ladder, it's when you become a giver and you start giving referrals that it makes a difference. And you might be saying, yeah, it's hard for me to give referrals. Guys, let's try to, what I want you to do today is we're going to try to help you unlock some potential opportunities for you to give referrals in the process. Because there's several things that we can give, right? But what's the, what, what, is the, what is the biggest currency that we can give in our business? It's a referral. So we're going to talk about that specifically today. What do you think I mean by, uh, if you want more referrals, start giving referrals in the manner you'd like to receive them? What does that mean? Treat others as you'd like to be treated. Yeah, good. Treat others like you'd like to be treated. What else does it mean? Quality over quantity. Quality over quantity. So you want to give quality referrals versus just quantity. I love it. How do you want the referral to come to you? How do you want the referral to come to you? Okay, good. Anybody else? How do they want the referral to come to them? So that's what I want you guys to be thinking. And just along at the table here, I'm going to give you guys a second. Before we move on, what I want you to do is I want you to talk about how do you like to be referred? So I just want you to get at the table and have a quick conversation. How do you like to be referred? Okay. So John's looking at me like, what does that mean? So if I, if I run into your ideal client, how would you like me to refer them to you? I know, exactly. Dude, we might have to have you do the uh, show notes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is beautiful. I'm Brian. <laughs> I'm Corey. We've met before, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, last month. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Glad you're back. Text 
All right, let's bring it back up front. All right, if you can hear me, clap once. All right, if you can hear me, clap twice. All right. Okay. And then we got some people clapping multiple times. I love it. So that's all good. All right. What, um, what did you hear at your tables? How do people like to be referred? Through email and text. Nobody wants a phone call. Email and text. John wants the phone call. What I do on the phone call is I will call them up, introduce them so that initially they've got the contacts. You'll call them. Their own system. Exactly. That's good. Yeah, John will actually use your phone to call somebody. So. <laughs> well, that way they get your. They, they got your contact info. Yeah, let me. If you haven't been with John, he said, let me borrow your phone. I want to introduce you to somebody. And he called him. And <laughs> so, all right. So um, I've heard, uh, I've heard uh, text. I've heard email. Email. Email with permission. Everybody's, yeah. Permission and everybody's contacting. You, you can tell people that have been hanging around here for a while. Permission to call is, frankly, a lot of people's preferred method. Permission to call. What does that mean? By the way, text is awesome. But if it's, uh, if it's a text saying, hey, Bob, I just gave your name to somebody. I don't know who it is. I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. So what we want to do. So by the way, great. You gave my name to somebody. So that's a text. But what we want to do can candidly, here's three words. Permission to call. Also gives the other person a heads up. It gives the other person. Yeah. Now, some of you might say, hey, I just want my phone to ring off the hook. Awesome. Has anybody ever got it where their phone just rings off the hook? Anybody ever hit that stage of their business where their phone's ringing off the hook? Just I see people smile. I've never seen it. Every I've heard people say, I just want the phone to ring off the hook. Okay, that's a great. That's healthcare. That's healthcare, yes, that's healthcare. That's the hospital. Um, so, um, so, by the way, I would prefer that as well. I would love my phone to ring off the hook. And sometimes it does. But what I will tell you is if you consistently consistently know that the best way to be referred is to get permission to call, then your phone will also ring, okay? So permission to call is always a key. So as we talk about this, I just want you to remember that, by the way, I'm sharing what my favorite way. When somebody asks how do I like to be referred, I like to be referred with an introduction and permission to reach out. I'd love that. Yeah, John. There's a better way. There is. I can't wait. <laughs> it's a Brian McRae way. What I did was this. He met, he met me at a restaurant where he was meeting with somebody. <laughs> he gave us a five-second introduction. Huh. John, uh, I think you're going down the connection day. And uh, that is, by the way, it is a great way to be referred, is to make a personal introduction through a connection day. And I think that's where you're going. Yep. Which, um, it's, the connection day is a whole, by the way, we've done, a whole month's episode on this. If you want to go listen to a podcast, it was about connection day. So, or if you're going to get me in jumpstart, we give you, un we unlock everything about how to do a connection day. And John, I'll come back. And John, I'll come back. I promise. But I want to stay on task here. Um, Actually, I wanted to ask you. Yes, one. please. Mine was more of a uh, definition question. You give us an example. I'm a little dense on that warm introduction and permission to call. Let's get into it. If I don't answer that, so John's saying, can you give me an example? Can you give me a, some context? By the way, that's a quality question, John, and I hope to answer it for you here. So keep it on your mind. If I don't answer it, you keep raising your hand. Okay. So here's what I want you to do. Here's your hidden treasure. If you have a defined process, if you have a defined onboarding process, number one, you're in control. Now, by the way, please note, if you are in an industry where you are responsive and it's just the nature of your industry, I'll, I'll respect it. But also, I would also challenge you to think about how can you take control of the client experience? Because when I go to Chick-fil-A, they've already got a process down. Most successful businesses have processes for, deliver, for onboarding a client, processing, and fulfilling a client's order. And, and having an onboarding system, whether you are in financial services, whether you're in healthcare, whether in real estate, mortgage, whatever the industry might be, can you define a process that's repeatable and makes you more referable and more memorable for your clients? And here's why. 
Because when that client comes to you, you're sitting at the center here. Now, by the way, as a professional, please know you could also put the client there, okay? But I want you to be thinking about you, and I want you to think for a second in your industry. You probably have natural shoulder industries that, that, do, that, you, that work with your business. Okay, think about it for a second. Who, what other professions work in your business? And usually, I'm gonna use two terms here, upstream and downstream. There's upstream referral partners, which are people who refer to you, and then there's downstream referral partners of people that, that you refer to or could refer to. So anybody have, uh, does, that, does that analogy make sense? Okay, so uh, what I want you to do for a second is I want you to take, we're gonna, we're gonna stay on circles, which by the way, Corey, if you need help drawing circles, Corey's got them down, he's got a beautiful, He's gonna be doing our show notes. All right, but what I want you to do is just simply draw this down. And what I want you to do is start to fill in the professions around yours. And if you need some help, I'm gonna give you an example here. So this is ours and, and our, our onboarding process in the middle of it. And when I started, I just was looking for individuals because I heard somebody once told me, if you, if you get asked something once, it's happenstance. If you get asked twice or it happens twice, build a system or find a contact. So that's what I did. So just. You take a look at it on whenever we are onboarding a client to get either refinance their house or help them purchase a home. Here's some industries that, that typically are either upstream or downstream from us. Obviously a real estate professional, insurance agent, financial advisor, estate planning attorney, family law, CPA, there's probably others. But for the sake of the exercise, what I want you to do is I want you to fill in yours. I want you to fill in yours. So what professions, what professions typically come up, have come up more than once in your client consultations or could come up that you could endear your clients to. All right, you can talk at the table as well if you need to. How many's got it nailed? How many knows exactly what professions? Anybody? Pete's got it down. I see Dennis over there. Marsha's got hers down. John, who's struggling? Who's struggling? Lonnie? It's just hard to narrow down what's yeah. the biggest priority. What do you mean what's the biggest priority? So when I'm trying to make connections, or I like to advertise myself as your one-stop shop. I, I know everybody. Right. And what's the biggest priority? Or people shift in their own careers. So you, know, you really need to be two or three deep. In what do you do? Real, residential real estate. Oh, you're a realtor as well. Yeah. Okay. So real quick. So Lonnie's in real estate. So yeah, go ahead. Lenders, inspectors, title, stager, painter, window washers, all those people that you need to help you when you're meeting with somebody that they might need in order to get their house on the market. Or the trades are always good, yes. Yeah. Sure. So that's, that's limiting just to a real estate transaction. What if you're trying to then... Well, if you're a realtor, that's what he's asking you. Like, I understand, but in my perspective, we look, we're trying to look broader and we highlight if they need to make a move in two weeks, two months, or two decades. So I'm gonna to try to help them on if they need an estate planner or if they wanna have. No, well, we have, I have a whole book for home. Yep, okay, so by the way, do you have a estate planner down? Yes. Okay, good. So then you do, you, you're, it doesn't sound like you're struggling at all. If you've got all that, you've got, are your circles filled in? It's priorities. Which one and how many do you do, such as with lenders, how many great lenders do I wanna keep you know, on speed dial, and how many uh, landscapers do I need? So, yes, there's tons, and everybody is. It's a good question. And Lonnie, that's, um, there's, there's probably a lot more, but the question is, do you have some in that that will serve your clients well? Yes. Perfect, perfect. 
Okay. Then did we answer your question? Okay. <laughs> All right. See me afterwards if we didn't, because I'm not sure I understand exactly what the question is. But what I want to do is make sure you've got professions in there. And if you don't have those professions, then you need to identify them. And I'm going to try to give you a process here that we take clients through, that we've taken clients through in order to, because right now what I want to do is I want to pivot. There's two, two really takeaways here. One, I want you to be able to give referrals. The number one thing that I want you to be able to do is be able to give referrals to trusted advisors that will help you. Because here's what happens. When you've got trusted advisors, you're going to cement yourself in the brain of the client. Because when I go back to this, whoop, when I've onboarded clients, the more connections, the more opportunities that I could unearth for them, where I connected them with a trusted advisor, whether it be an insurance agent, a CPA, an attorney, because every mortgage application, is a, there's a lot of financial stuff that goes on there. There's also a lot of life events that go on. Clients get referred to us because they're going through difficult life situations. That's why you see family law up there. So there's always an opportunity, and the reason for that is because if you do this over an extended period of time, your repeat business is gonna go up. You're gonna have somebody that says, hey, I just had a, a review with my insurance agent, and he said I might wanna do a mortgage review with you as well. You might, uh, I've had it happen where the CPA says, hey, I got a client, they're getting ready, they're talking about moving. They're meeting with their CPA and telling them what's gonna be happening in the upcoming year. The CPA's, because of the person that I referred them to, the CPA is referring them back to me. I referred them to the CPA. I referred them to the insurance agent. There are multiple individuals connected to this client that if any life event comes up, that the, that, that trusted advisor is gonna point them back to me. Does that make sense? Reciprocity. It's reciprocity. But the key is, is getting trusted advisors. And I wanna help you with that with some simple questions here, okay? Because many of you struggle with this, and I, if you pay attention to this process, we talked about study, practice, teach. This process will help you give referrals. It will also make sure that you ensure the process for your clients. Okay? And I'll give you a quick example. Okay? So what we want to do is we want to use this three-step process to help identify and connect clients to trusted advisors. It's, three, it's a three-step process. The first step as you're going through. So I'm going through a mortgage application with someone. Now please, I'm gonna to try to put this into context. I want you to put yourself into your onboarding process. And you're interviewing, discussing, asking some quality questions, and you're going through the client um, checklist, whatever you're doing to onboard them. For us, we're actually reviewing a mortgage application to make sure that they can, uh, that, that the client qualifies. We wanna help them solve a problem. If they wanna get into a house, we wanna help them get the, the best financing strategy for their situation. Now again, please take the mortgage application here and put it into your business. Because I can, and I'm, one of the things I love doing is taking processes and applying them to other businesses. So we can do this in real estate, you can do it in financial, actually, financial services does this beautifully. Financial services does this beautifully. But here's some specific questions. When you're walking through whatever process it is. So for us, when we're going through, one of the things that we're gonna hear is they're gonna need insurance. How are you gonna insure the home? And the first thing we do is we just simply ask them, how well do you know your insurance agent? I see Dennis shaking his head. What's the, what's the beauty behind that question? It's neutral, there's no judgment. We always wanna stay in curiosity, not judgment. Had somebody asking me earlier, I'm not saying you should call so-and-so, I'm asking. So how well do you know? So there's, it's an open-ended question. What's another key component behind this? What does it prevent you from doing? Mike? I've had it where I've asked clients, who is your blank? Because something's messed up, and I find out it's like their like best friend. Or <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I'm not going to bash the godmother. Exactly. Asking how well do you know gets you into curiosity and it tells you what boundaries you have in order to help. Because if it's a godmother, if it's a relative, you're going to be very careful. And Mike, is, uh, Mike is, happens to be an accountant. If he sees something that's messed up, he doesn't want to be unprofessional and say your, your accountant messed up. 
especially if it's a godmother. So the point is, whatever industry you're in, when you're asking if there's a, if there's a transaction partner that is important to the, to the success of the process, and again, in mortgage, we're specific, it's a transaction period. Some of you are in a relationship business. If you're a financial advisor, a CPA, or an attorney, that's a relationship business, um, which by the way, they can be both. But as we talk about this, how well do you know that profession? Anybody else think of it? So Mike might say, you know, how well do you know your, your previous accountant or CPA? Okay. Somebody else give me an application in the process, uh, in their process of how they might be able to ask that question. Does anybody have a profession that they would ask or context? Some place to be, John? No. Okay. <laughs> right here. Time for the, time for the medication. Uh, yeah. Time for the medication. Yes, Derek. The, so how do you get to that trusted advisor, that, that question, is that what you're asking? Yes. So um, in the event that something happens to you or your family, who are the top five people that would you know, need a phone call? Okay, so that's probably, is that, uh, is that trying to open up opportunities for another profession? I think uh, it's also understanding who I need to contact in the trusted plan. I mean, okay, that's good. But also- Those are relationships that are important to the client. I'm going to dive into your fact finder because you use them quite a bit in your industry. Um, what's the number one objection people have to investing either in insurance or, or retirement or investment accounts? What's the number one objection? They don't have the money. They don't have the money. <laughs> or they think they don't. They, don't, they think they don't have the money. They've got a job. They've got some income. And so one of the things that you guys do really well in the financial services industry is you're reviewing what they're spending their money on already. How well do you know your barista? You could ask that one. If you're on a first nine basis, you might need a financial advisor. Okay, let me give you an example that uh, I know happens in financial services all the time. Insurance, everybody's spending money on insurance. How well do you know your insurance agent? By the way, I'm gonna try to apply this. Let me help, know if it helps. How well do you know your insurance? I don't know him very well at all. He's just written my policy for the last 10 years. Okay, can we try to apply this? See if this works, okay. So, how well do you know him? I don't know him very well at all. Okay, well let me ask you this. On a scale of one to 10, how would you rank them? Marsha's smiling already. Why do I ask that question? How well do I know him? I don't know him very well at all. And the second question is on a scale of one to 10, how would you rank them? Why am I asking that question? Takes the personal, it's the performance of that individual or what's the depth of the relationship of the depth, how are they performing? You may like them, but they might not do so well. For exactly. Them. They might be. Yeah. It might, if, it's your, if it's a cousin and you're stuck, honestly. So just keep that in mind. This is the beautiful part about these, these trusted advisor questions will keep you from putting your foot in your mouth and know when you have the opportunity to make connections and when you don't. Okay, John's saying it's really good. What's, what do you find so good about it? situation when I talk to a realtor I always I can around say are you married to your you know photographer and a lot of times they'll say either yeah she's my wife yeah <laughs> <laughs> my kid or, or yeah or you know I've been with that person for 12 years but this is perfect on a scale of one to ten it allows me to find out what my leeway is exactly because <laughs> I'm telling you these two questions open up doors this is where curiosity opens doors so I'm just, again, trying to unpack this for you to share what's worked. Some of your industries, you might be like, I don't know how, and stick around. I love to have those conversations. But if you can, I want you to apply these to, your, to the industries that you are in. So I literally would ask this four or five times with every client. How well do you know your insurance agent? On a scale of one to 10, how'd you rank them? How well do you know your financial advisor? I don't have one. Oh, you got a couple hundred thousand dollars sitting in an old 401k at your previous company. Who's managing that for you? Then you start to open up doors for, for a financial advisor. So the point is when you ask this and you create a process, you start to create, again, if you wanna build equity, if you wanna build a relationship with trusted advisors and be known as a giver, this is a process that you can go through. If you build this into your onboarding process, you will give more referrals than you receive. All right, on a scale of one to 10, how would you rank them? And just listen, and then I'm gonna move on here. Okay. First of all, before I get into the next set of questions, is this useful for you? John's already said it. Somebody give me, if it's useful, raise your hand. Can you go back one slide? I can go back one slide, for, just for you, Bob. Thank you, sir. 
Yeah, I'm, it's, it's a trade secret. <laughs> you have to okay. come next week. Yeah, you got to come next month. You need to add Ted, Ted Lasso onto there. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. I love Ted Lasso. So Siri's like, well, what's, what's number three? All right. Guys, this is where the magic happens, okay? So you're going to get an answer to the scale of 1 to 10. And then what we're going to do is if it's a 9 or a 10, what do you want to know if it's a 9 or a 10? I want to know them. I want to know them. How many of you want more 9s or 10s in your network? Raise your hand. Guys, I'm telling you, this has worked like a champ for me. When I'm talking to a client and they introduce me to a, to a profession, and, and Lonnie, honestly, I want as many nines and tens in my database as I possibly can, okay? So if you, if, if you get introduced to 10 tens that are landscapers, I'd have them all in my database, okay? All right, so if they're nine and 10, may I have their contact information? And I'm probably asking, what do you like about them? I want to hear some information. I'm asking what, there are 10, awesome. How do you know them? How long, what do they do for you? Why, do you? why would you consider them a 10? Tell me about them. I'm taking a genuine interest in that because when I pick up the phone and I call that person because I want them in my, in my inventory of relational assets, I want to be able to have something to say about them. It opens up the door, whether it's a real estate professional, financial advisor, and you want to have some quality time with somebody who is considered a 10, it opens the door to a phone call. It opens the door to a return phone call or a return text. You start bragging about somebody that Marsha just said, you are the best at this, this, and this. I've got a few questions for you. Can we talk? Wouldn't you ask them? I would ask them. them. You could, absolutely. The point is, you can, Johnson said, would you ask them to introduce? You could. They have their contact information. Now, by the way, I like to make the phone call. The bonus for me is the introduction. If you can get an introduction, love it. That's, that's, that's grade A material right there, John. Ask for an introduction. Would you make a personal introduction for me? Somebody makes a personal introduction to you for another profession to call them, what's the likelihood of you answering the phone? It's high. So to John's point, absolutely. So kind of, uh, kind of baseline is, yes. Yeah, Derek? Now that is confidence right there. Derek said if they're a nine or a 10, don't you think they want to know you? That's how nines and tens think. That's how nines and tens think. So the answer is yes. All right, now, if they're nine or a 10, you want to meet them. If they're an eight or less, what do you want to do? You want to introduce them to a nine or a 10. Here's why. If you take a look at that slide, when I was able to introduce a CPA, when I was able to introduce a financial advisor, when I was able to introduce an estate planning attorney, when I was able to introduce an insurance agent, for me, it was always a constant, how can I add, uncover and discover ways to add value to my client? And I knew that if I got two referrals to that client, they were probably gonna use me for my primary service I was gonna bless the client with some nines or tens helping them with their estate plan or their financial plan or getting them a better rate on their insurance. The value to the client was immense because I was connecting them with a nine or a 10. The value to the trusted advisor, the referral partner that I was sending them to. What do you think that did? For, what, 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 how did that come across in the, how did I come across in the eyes of the of the financial advisor, the CPA, and the attorney. If I call and ask them for a favor, what do you think they're gonna do? The law of reciprocity kicks in. I'm known as a giver, okay? So these questions work, and I will tell you, if you can find a way to incorporate them into your onboarding process, it will make all the difference in your business because you're gonna be able to make introductions, you're gonna have more trusted advisors loving you, you're gonna have your clients that are gonna be happier with the process, specifically in a transaction-based process. You're embedding relationships that are gonna honor you and edify you for years to come. Every year when somebody would show up at the CPA and they would sit there and, and reminisce, how many of you remember, here's a quick question for you, how many of you have a significant other in your life right now? Okay, keep your hand up if you can tell me the person that introduced you to your significant other. We remember who introduces us to people who make a difference in our lives. Does that make sense? So, all right. 
So if you, want to, if you want more referrals, start giving referrals in the manner in which you'd like to receive them. Do you see how this turns out? You're flipping the table and you're becoming a referral generating machine. Because if you want to be known as a giver and you want more referrals, what do you have to do? You've got to give them. This process will outline a, a system, a format, a framework where if you take your clients, you're going to increase the experience for them. You're going to bless them with, with services that are not your primary, are not your core competence, but are going to take better care of them. And, and they're going to, you're going to be more memorable long term. All right, I see a question. Yeah, Pete. I was just going to make a point. Uh, as a giver, you have to be open to receiving. Aha. <laughs> I think that's law number five in The Go-Giver. You've read this book, haven't you? Actually, no. <laughs> uh, well, law, number, the law of receptivity. So. You could write a book, Pete, and uh, you and John David Mann, which, by the way, I want to say uh, thank you. John David was uh, just in town here recently. I didn't get a chance to see him, but our, uh, our um, anybody read this book? It is, one of my, it is absolutely one of my favorite books in the world. Um, we've had John David Mann. He's actually presented here at the Mastermind. The Go-Giver. The Go-Giver. Yeah, Bob Berg and John David Mann. Well, John was, uh, John was here in town, um, and, um, and our... Uh, Good friend uh, Dan Lewig's got to see him in person, and so uh, Dan, this is this is what this is what good people do for you. Talk about a giver. Dan Lewig's got me a signed copy of the Go Giver. Um, so thank you, Dan. I just uh, that's a perfect introduction. So Pete, yes, the law of receptivity. It's law number five in the book. If you haven't read this one, grab it. It's a must read. So. And I'll, I'll interrupt you when I talked to him and I had him autograph the book. I, he goes, oh my gosh, this is incredible. St. Louis is like a hotbed for this book. <laughs> and I said, ah, one of the things that may have been is the guy you're autographing. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably the results. And he's like, no, he didn't tell me more about that. So I got to tell him about Mastermind and, and more. So it's pretty neat. Well, if he could have stayed an extra couple of days, he could have been right here. So um, anyway. Yeah, just there you go. So, all right. So what I'm trying to do is help you understand how to be a giver. And look, I've been in this referral business for over two decades. Been a part of referral uh, uh, networking organizations. There's a lot of great ones out there. But the key component is always being able to take a client and walk them across the bridge to a trusted advisor so they're in safe space and they will remember you more for it. So I, what I hope you're hearing today are some questions that will give you with a humble boldness that will allow you to interact with your clients and be a blessing to them by connecting them with other people. Now, by the way, if you don't have enough trusted advisors, if you've got blanks on that piece of paper, your job is to go fill those blanks. Get some trusted advisors in those blanks so that you can deliver a better experience for your clients. So I see David back there. I hope you got an idea that he's shaking his head. He's like, I need this profession, I need this profession, or I've got this one, I've got this one. But always be trying to find nines or tens that are gonna be in that space for you to serve your clients and make connections. And this is the, these trusted advisor questions are a great way to open up the door to that. Does that make sense? And will you be able to, will this help you give referrals in the manner you'd like to receive them? Yep. Okay? All right, how are we doing on time, by the way? All right. All right. So I'm going to share this success story with you real quick. Um, and this is, a, this is a real estate agent, by the way, and we covered this with her. Here's the key component. If you implement these three questions, if you implement these three questions and start doing it, so you're going to study it. Hopefully you've gotten that today. You've taken some pictures, wrote, the, wrote them down. Put them into practice. Put them into practice in your business during your next client consultation and make some introductions. And the great component behind this is that you can also take this. So what you're going to do, you're here. You can typically for the downstream referral partners, you can start to feed them in a better way and more consistent way. But then at the, on the other side, the upstream referral partners, you can also train them how to refer you. Candidly, that's what we're doing. We've taken these three questions and we share them with every realtor that we talk to. Not so that they only refer us. They might have another nine or a 10. We just want to help real estate agents protect their transaction and deliver a better client experience for their clients. So we've been working on this. Uh, I've been using these questions for decades. We've really been spending some time on it in this market, um, trying to educate real estate professionals on how to use these questions so that they don't have 
And so they've got a, a lender helping them win, helping them win in this market and their clients win in this market. But um, this is one of the agents that we shared it with. She says, I love the trusted advisor question. I used the question recently with a client. I had a client come to me with a pre-qualification. I didn't recognize the loan officer name and that always put some doubt in my mind. Now in the past, she just accepted it and kept showing houses. But we shared the trusted advisor questions and look what happened. She goes, I, but I never knew really how to address it with a client. And that's what many of you do on a transaction-based situation. You know, if you, don't vet your, if you don't vet the transaction, you end up with partners in a transaction that may not get you to a successful point. So she said, um, she said your trusted advisor process helps so much. I simply asked the question, how well do you know your loan officer? Take a look at the response. He just kind of looked at her and said, I don't know him. Here's the guy financing your house, the person financing your house, and you don't know them at all, okay? So she just went on and she asked the next question, um, and she ended up getting an individual on our team involved. But what ended up happening is, that, take a look at the last line here. She said, using the three trusted advisor question allows me to have a real conversation with my clients about the process. It's been a total game changer. She's been using this. Her business has actually gone up because it's given her more confidence to get the referral partners in her business involved. It makes the confidence more client in, confident in her, and they feel more successful because of that. All right, does that make sense? Does this context ring a bell for you? I see some blanks, I see Siri shaking your head. And what's been most, what's been most useful for you today? David. Yeah, so uh, for me in the, uh, with the executive financial group, we do kind of all financial services, but I mainly focus on my business right now on life insurance. And I, and I often shy away when they're like, oh, I already have a financial advisor, and they'll just kind of shrink back. Yeah, okay, fine. This question of, on a scale of one to 10, how well do you know them? Because for me, to actually serve my clients well, to actually give them the correct amount of coverage that they need, I need to know what their whole financial situation is. Even if I'm not gonna try to like, refer Move it. it off to somebody else, right. but it's like awkward sometimes, and people are still nervous and afraid, to share that information, but this is an icebreaker question that's going to put me in the it's a key seat to share with them. That's, it's a way to open up. Me exactly. Good. Blowing you away. Awesome. I'm glad to hear, David. If you implement it, it will get you into conversations that you were locked out of before. That's good. All right. Guys, the key component here, I hope I've been able to help you become, you know, talking about the four traits of a successful giver. Um, knowing where you're going, just kind of recapping this. Utilizing connections. Have we shown you a way to utilize your connections with trusted advisors? Is that, have we accomplished that today? Okay, good. I see some head shaking. Have we showed you how to add value to low personal cost? Does it cost you much to make an introduction to someone else? There's no cost to that, it's just time. And it's time well invested. And have I given you some quality questions to ask that will unlock opportunities for you? Okay, so have we delivered on our promises today? Amen. All right, good stuff. All right. So that's the uh, multidimensional power of trusted advisors and building a network. And I'm telling you, it will change. And many people come to me, and you're gonna hear this in the next couple of things, because I'm gonna cover some jumpstart stuff with you here in just a second. Because if you've been heard anything you like today, but you're like, what do I do? Guys, I'm gonna encourage you, everything that we're talking about when it comes to relationships, referrals, personal development, productivity, just remember this. When you're implementing this stuff, you're gonna say, this is gonna take a long time. Don't ask yourself how long it's gonna take. Ask yourself when you start to implement this stuff, how long will it last? How long will it last? If I can get a trusted advisor, I'm telling you, I still have trusted advisors that I've known for the, for the vast majority of, of my career. They're still referring, why? Because I took an interest in their business and they, we went through these. Well, there you have it. Another Mastermind Project Podcast. We wanna thank you for being here and investing in yourself. Uh, that's the key to growth because we know that growth doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. So thank you for investing in yourself. We hope that you found something here useful. As a matter of fact, it's our desire that you've heard something from this podcast that would make a difference if you implement it in your business. And we know that success favors the speed of implementation. Take a note, take action on something that you've learned here. It'll make a difference. We'd love to hear about it. So, and you can also join us and tell us a little bit about it at our next live event. And you can register for that at www.briankmcrae.com, www.briankmcrae.com. We've got our mastermind event scheduled there at our next event on the third Thursday of the month.
So for this time and until next time, study things that matter, practice things that matter, and teach things that matter to people who care. Appreciate you.